You are listening to the Hot Tip Bets Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 18 of the Hot Tip Bets Podcast. If you listened to last week's episode, I um, only had one because of New Year's week, but the picks on there, pretty dang good, profitable in basically every sport, so we'll go ahead and recap um, some of that here, as well as kind of close up uh College football season, that was exciting to say the least. Um, a lot of ups and downs, a lot of crazy things happening, but we got one more game left, so we'll kind of recap that and talk a little about that and get a little bit into what happened um, in the NFL in week 17. Before we do that, let's take a look back at how our picks did last week. Starting off in college basketball, we start last week, December 30th, um, the day the podcast came out last Wednesday. Our only losing day of the podcast ended up going 0-2-1 on the day, so not the greatest. Um, we start out, though, with that push. We got Temple versus SMU. We had SMU minus 8. SMU ends up um, winning by 79-71. Um, Darius McNeil put, made 17 points off the bench for SMU. Had a great game in that one. SMU shot the ball extremely well, 57 from field. Temple only 368 from the field. Unfortunately, uh, we it just kind of had a bad number on that SMU game. Um, I know a lot of it kind of by the time the podcast came out and by the time everything was posted, it, a lot of people were able to get seven, seven and a half at least. So hopefully you were able to get that if you followed that pick and got a win. But uh, at least we pushed. At least we didn't lose. But definitely got a bad number at the minus eight there. Um, the next game we had, though, not so great. We had George Mason versus UMass minus six and a half. Now, this game, I believe this game was um, the one that went into, I think it was double overtime, uh, or single overtime, whatever it was. UMass had so many opportunities to cover the spread, to cover the six and a half point spread, and somehow they end up losing the game outright. They had huge leads in the end of the game, and in overtime, they had leads, and they just kept blowing it. Uh, George Mason ends up winning by one, 93 um, to 92. Jordan Miller for George Mason had a great game um, at twenty with twenty six points and hits the go ahead uh, free throw to win it um, in in double overtime. George Mason shot the ball from three very well in this one forty three point eight percent from three. UMass only thirty three point three, so definitely a game. UMass is a team. I, I just I thought they were better than that. They did not look very good on this one. Uh, but moving on to the next one, we had Western Carolina. Plus three versus ETSU. Western Carolina did keep it close for a very, I mean, they were winning at halftime, you know, kept it very close in the second half, but ETSU just pulled away at the end, you know, and some fouls um, gave them a bigger lead. So they end up winning 86 to 87. Um, and the ETSU just had a huge comeback in the second half. They had like 53 points or something like that, and just a very big game for them. So not a great day last Wednesday, but moving on the next day, New Year's Eve. We had two plays on the card, end up winning both of them. The first one we had was Nevada minus four versus New Mexico. Nevada wins this game 68 to 54. Um, Desmond Cambridge Jr. drops 24 points for Nevada um, in that game. Nevada's shooting very good on this one, 38.5 from the field. Um, New Mexico only 31% from the field, so get a victory there. And the other game we had on New Year's Eve, uh, another pretty easy winner. We had Arizona minus seven and a half. Versus Washington, Arizona wins this easily, eighty to fifty-three. Um, Arizona shot very well from three in this game, thirty-five point three percent from three. Washington only nineteen point four percent from three. So, very good game there for Arizona. You know their postseason ban <laughs> didn't affect their play in that one. 
Um, and I'm moving on New Year's Day. Ended up going one and one in those picks. First game we had, though, we had UT Arlington versus Arkansas Little Rock. We had Little Rock minus four and a half. Uh, UT, not UT, uh, Arkansas Little Rock, that is, uh, ends up winning 102 to 93. Um, Little Rock shot like lights out in this game, 70% from the field. UT Arlington, I mean, not bad, 47.1%, but hard to compete with a 70% shooting team. Um, in a game like that, so get the victory in that one, but not so lucky in the next one. We had Marshall minus one and a half versus La Tech. Uh, La Tech wins this outright, seventy-five to sixty-eight. Um, you know, Kenneth Lofton Jr. and Isaiah Crawford for La Tech both put up fifteen points, and La Tech just shot better, forty-six point six percent from the field. Marshall only thirty-nine point one percent from the field. So finished one and one um, on New Year's Day. Um, now moving on to Saturday. Uh, first game we had, we had Clemson. Minus four and a half versus Miami. Clemson does win this game. Doesn't cover the spread. Only wins by one point. Winning 66 to 65. Um, Amir Sims for Clemson does put up 25 points. But um, not a huge thing. You know, Clemson kind of just struggled rebounding in this one. Miami 35 rebounds compared to Clemson's 28. So definitely gave Miami an edge in that one. Um, as far as keeping it close. Um, but one game that we had that we won on Saturday was Toledo minus eight and a half versus Western Michigan. Toledo wins this game 70 to 59. Um, Ryan Rollins puts up a season high 20 points for Toledo in this one. Toledo does a good job shooting the three 25.8% compared to Western Michigan's 18.5% from three. So um, exciting game on that one for Toledo. Um, the next one we had, we had Notre Dame plus 10 versus North Carolina. Now Notre Dame did lead and kept this one close um, for a lot of the game. But they do end up losing by 1.66 to 65. But, you know, we got the plus 10. <laughs> that doesn't matter too much. Um, Nate Lazowski puts up 25 points for Notre Dame with nine rebounds. And Notre Dame did a good job shooting from the field, 47.3% from the field, compared to North Carolina's 34.8% from the field. So good game there for Notre Dame. And the final game that we had on Saturday, we had Arizona minus eight versus Washington State. Um, Arizona not as good as they did the last game, you know. Only they end up blue, well, they end up winning, end up not covering though. Eighty six, um, they lose eighty six to eighty two. Um, sorry, they win. <laughs> they won the game eighty six eighty two, but don't cover the eight point spread in that one. Um, Benedict Martin puts up twenty four points for Arizona and eleven rebounds, but not quite enough to pull it back victory. Um, taking us to two and two for Saturday. Now moving on to Sunday. We had the only game that we ended up having, Loyola Chicago's game against, I don't even remember who they were playing, I think Bradley. Yeah, it was yeah, Loyola Chicago-Bradley. That game ended up getting canceled. Um, so the only game we had was another Missouri Valley game. We had Southern Illinois taking on Drake. We had Drake minus 11.5 in that one. Uh, now, while it was a semi-close game for a lot of it, Drake took a very big lead, or not a big lead, but we ended up winning 73-55. Great job closing out the game. Um, and this Drake team, just a fun to watch. Another great win for Drake, 12-0 and on the season. 10-0 against the spread, um, and this Drake team at this point in the season, we've bet on them six, seven times, something like that. I'd have to go check the uh, results on the website to see for sure, but at this point, we just got it. I'm, I'm literally just going to bet Drake until they don't cover the spread, so if you see Drake, a game with Drake, and they have continued to cover the spread, I am on it. Um, speaking of which, but that but it could be potentially not even be true by the time you're hearing this podcast because they are playing again on Monday night. Um, they're actually playing... Uh, set to kick off here in about 10 minutes as of the time I was, I'm recording this. So, 
who knows if they end up covering we have them at minus 10 and a half tonight so if they cover that one um expect drake to continue to show up on the card if not we'll have to reevaluate um and see but at this point it's been profitable that drake just no matter what so gonna continue to do that until it becomes not profitable so that about wraps that up for how our college basketball went uh, now looking at college football um we didn't have a ton of bull action you know we bet on some of these later bulls here um, but we did do pretty good in the Bulls that we did bet on. Um, ended up going 4-1 and one over the weekend in Bulls. We do start out, though, with a loss on um, Wednesday, uh, December 30th, um, in the Dukes Mayo Bowl. We had Wake Forest plus 9 versus Wisconsin. Wisconsin ends up putting 42-28. to 28. And this was just an awful showing in the second half by Wake Forest. You know, they turned the ball over four times in this game compared to Wisconsin's only one turnover. You know, with... Wake Forest outplayed them by far and for a lot of the game. You know, 518 yards only compared to Wisconsin's 266. Um, it was really just those turnovers that hurt Wake Forest. You know, they took a 14-point lead at the beginning of the game, but um, it's hard to win any game when you turn the ball over four times and when your opponent only turns it over once. So, do start out with a loss there. But that would be our only loss of the uh, bowl weekend here. Moving on to New Year's Day. The first game we had, we had... Um, Cincinnati taking on Georgia in the Peach Bowl. We had Cincinnati plus seven. Now, again, another one. While Cincinnati probably should have won this game outright, um, they end up losing 24 to 21. Um, but, you know, they blew the lead right at the end. Georgia kicks a field goal and then a uh, safety after that to, to get the victory. But Georgia, you know, 449 yards, Cincinnati 305. Cincinnati led for a majority of this game, though. So definitely disappointing to see Cincinnati lose that. But, hey, we don't really care what happens as long as we cover um, and speaking of covering, we had next game we had we had Notre Dame plus twenty versus Alabama in the Rose Bowl. Alabama wins thirty-one to fourteen. Um, you know, while most people talk about you know how how embarrassing it was for Notre Dame or whatever, I mean they covered the spread, so it's hard to hard to give them too much. They did what they were supposed to, you know, covered the spread. I guess they probably not what they're supposed to if you're a Notre Dame fan. But as far as from a betting standpoint, you can't ask for much more than much more than that. Um, and yeah, Notre Dame covers with a late touchdown with a little under a minute left to get us a victory there. Um, now moving on to Saturday and the last day of Bulls before the national championship. The first game we had, we had uh, Ole Miss taken on Indiana. Um, we had Ole Miss plus eight. I believe this was the Outback Bowl. Um, pretty sure it was anyway. Ole Miss ends up winning this game outright 26 to 20. And really all this game showed to me was that Indiana was definitely just a super overrated team. Um, this entire year, I mean, they're only, they didn't really have any impressive victories, you know, most of the, you know, just nothing really, um, you know, their best, their best game that they could have on their schedule was just a touchdown loss to Ohio State, and if you watch that, the get game, I mean, yeah, I got close at the end, but it really wasn't like they were ever super in it, um, but easy cover there from Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin's just a fun coach to watch, fun coach to listen to, so glad to get the victory there. Um, and then the next game we had, we had Oregon versus Iowa State in the uh, Fiesta Bowl. Iowa State minus four in that one. Iowa State, another one that was a pretty easy cover for us. Iowa State wins 34-17. to 17. Um, You know, Oregon, you know, defending tactile champs, but you definitely wouldn't have known it watching that game. Turn the ball over four times. Iowa State doesn't turn it over at all. Um, much like the Wisconsin-Wake Forest game, it's hard to win when you turn the ball over four times. Luckily, we were on the right side this time. So with that victory, we end up going 4-1 and one in bowls. So I will take that. Um, as far as college basketball went for the whole season, um, I'll try to get a uh, um, record all squared away and see exactly what our record ended up being in college football. 
but we definitely closed it out pretty decently. Um, definitely had a better college football year than we did in the NFL, that's for sure. Um, but we'll hit on that a little bit when in the national championship preview um, here in a couple shows. But moving on to the National Football League. While we've had some rough weeks in the NFL as of late, we finish off decently strong uh, with a winning week. Can't ask for much more than that, but we go 2-1 and one in the NFL. That loss coming with the Cowboys minus three against the Giants. Giants win that one 23 to 19. Um, you know, Cowboys 307 yards compared to the Giants 336. And Cowboys just blew their spot at the playoff in this one. Um, you know, Giants had a shot, or Giants, you know, Giants had to win this game to make the playoffs. They needed the uh, football team to lose. Um, Sunday Night Football ended up winning. The Doug Peterson stupid play call, whatever you want to say about that. But um, yeah, so get that loss. But then we did get a nice win with the Steelers plus 10 against the Browns. Browns win this one 24 to 22. Um, and it's just the NFC or AFC North is just a weird conference. The Browns, Steelers, Ravens, they all end up making the playoffs. Um, Browns making the playoffs, that is, for the first time since 2002. So definitely congrats to the Browns there. But it'll be interesting to see what happens to them um, in their playoff games this upcoming weekend. Um, the Browns and the Steelers will actually end up are, uh, playing again here. So it'll be fun to watch that game again. But we did win that bet with the Steelers plus 10. Pretty easy one there. You know, Mason Rudolph, while obviously not Big Ben, he's not a bad quarterback. You know, he played the whole season last year, and they almost made the playoffs. So... Hard to hard to not take the Steelers plus ten in that one. And the final game we had, we had the Packers minus five and a half versus the Bears. Packers win thirty five to sixteen. That win secures the one seed in the NFC for the Packers, as well as home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Um, so definitely nice for the Packers if they want a shot at the Super Bowl. Um, Bears dropped three very big interceptions that could have been in this one. That kind of kind of hurt them. Can't be doing that. However, though, with the Cardinals loss. We'll get to here in a second, but with the Cardinals' loss, the Bears do end up making the playoffs um, at eight and eight. You know, Bears, you know, not a bad season for the Bears to finish off like that. You know, probably gonna get. I don't who they, I think they're playing the. I don't know who they're playing the Seahawks. Maybe I don't know. I didn't. <laughs> I'm not sure their opponent. I think they play the Seahawks though. Seahawks or Saints, but I'm pretty sure it was the Seahawks. Anyway, moving on. That's enough for uh, as far as recapping those. Let's take a little bit look, just a little bit more news of college football, what happened over the weekend. Ohio State, um, in the college football playoffs, you know, I shit on Ohio State for being in the college football playoffs all season long. I didn't think six games was enough to prove that they belonged in the college football playoffs. I thought they were a fraud team. I thought they were going to get destroyed by Clemson. And I'm here to tell you, Ohio State fans, I was wrong. I was completely wrong about Ohio State. Ohio State is definitely... This one of the best two teams in the country. They deserve to be playing in the national championship. However, at six games, they definitely they this Clemson game was their prove it game, and they did prove that they deserve to be there. But I still don't disagree that you could have not put them in the college football playoffs, and that would have happened. And you know, both times this Ohio State team has won college football playoff games. You know, um, this year and including I believe it was the 2014 season. Both of those times, the only you know, there are only two college football playoff wins. You could have made the argument that Ohio State did not deserve to be um, in either of those games, um, just you know, with how the seasons fell and whatever. So, I, 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 Ohio State definitely there, you know, um, and but I think this really might show more to Clemson and Notre Dame. There really was, I think this kind of shows that the ACC might not have been as good as we thought. You know, uh, North Carolina loses to. Um, to Texas A&M, Miami doesn't look great in their bowl game. Um, I believe it was the Cheez-It Bowl, I think. Um, and, you know, Clemson's loss. Well, everyone thought Notre Dame was going to look the worst. Um, I I really, Notre Dame, you, if 
the four seed, whoever was going to play in the four seed, whether it was Notre Dame, whether it was Cincinnati, whether it was Texas A&M, that team was going to get destroyed by Alabama no matter what. If Texas A&M was playing Alabama, they would have also been like a 20, 21 point underdog, just like Notre Dame was. The game would not have looked very much different. And I truly believe that. I think that it really came down Clemson and Notre Dame, I think they kind of just propped each other up in the ACC, but without any interconference play, we really didn't get to see or be able to really compare how teams and conferences fared up against each other. So I think, though, with that Ohio State-Clemson game, we, Ohio State, obviously the better team. I think Alabama-Ohio State is obviously um, the correct matchup for the national championship. Um, and I kind of, I don't, I really don't know. I haven't looked. I think the spread's like seven and a half, eight, something like that right now. Um, I don't know towards Alabama, obviously. I don't know who I like in that one, to be honest. Um, <laughs> got to dig into that one a little bit deeper. Um, but we will take a look at that here, uh, next Monday or whatever for the college football playoffs. But definitely, definitely props to Ohio State. Um, I, I was wrong. I was wrong on Ohio State for sure. But I also don't think, um, flip side of that, I don't think I was wrong on Notre Dame. You know, sure, Notre Dame didn't look great in this bowl game, but guess what? Notre Dame covered the spread, and that's all that you're asking for. That's all that anyone want. No one was expecting Notre Dame um, to beat Alabama, so that's enough about the college football playoffs. We're down to one game in the college football play or college football season. Um, oh, I guess one more thing. Uh, I guess we could hit on this a little bit more in the next podcast, but I still don't understand why is this national championship. The 2021 National Championship. It makes zero sense to me. There was literally games on three days in the year 2020. Why? This is not the 2021 College Football Champion. You know, they were played the 2020 season. They played one game, I guess two because of New Year, or for, because of the playoff. But it's just, I, I don't get it. The Super Bowl Champion, you know, whoever wins this year is the 2020 Super Bowl Champion. I mean, it's a little bit different because the Super Bowl has numbers. Um, but anyway, we rated about that last week. That's enough of that. Moving on, let's talk a little bit about the NFL. We can't talk about the NFL without first talking about the Cardinals. Not the season. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a bad season. I'll, to be honest, at the beginning of the season, I said that I wanted this team a, a winning record. I didn't necessarily need to make the playoffs. I just wanted to win nine games, essentially. Come a little bit short of that. We go eight and eight. Um, and, you know, winning a ninth game, obviously, we know now, would have sent us to the playoffs. Um, so definitely a disappointing loss to the Rams, but in a game we definitely should have won. You know, Chris Stevler did not look like a good quarterback. You know, he might be, um, <laughs> a, you know, a great parade for winning the Great Cup, Chris Stevler. But you know, he was not. He wasn't even the starting quarterback for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. He was. <laughs> he, you know, he was basically a Taysom Hill for them, and I think he would fit in well as if, he, if the Cardinals played him more like Taysom Hill. I mean, they tried to, um, and all the fans got mad and whatnot. But he just, he was not a great, not a great quarterback. A lot of three and outs, um, a lot of bad plays for him. But you know, this game really came down to whether or not Kyler Murray was in the game. Kyler Murray not having him on the field just hurt the Cardinals. Couldn't get anything going you know couldn't make a drive it looked a lot it reminded me a, a heck of a lot of uh steve kime and <laughs> josh rosen 2018 year where it was just three and out after three and out punt the ball don't get the ball past midfield um you know and kyler t- credit to him made two great drives there at the end of the game um one where we should have at least had the field goal field goal gets blocked um from mike nugent there um but and he and cliff i i'm I don't know what the play call was there. And then we punted with like three minutes left. And it was, it was just not a good game for the Cardinals. 
Um, but to be fair, we were just going to get embarrassed if by the Seahawks or the Saints or whoever we would have ended up playing. Um, however, it ended up falling in the next round anyway. So definitely not the worst thing um, that happened for the Cardinal season being over. And as far as Cliff goes for coaching next year, while I don't think Cliff is a great coach right now, it's hard to pin it all on him. Yeah, he didn't look amazing in this game. Obviously, I think a lot of the offensive problems are because of Cliff, because when Strebler was in the game, it was horrible. When Murray was in the game, it was a lot better. And a lot of that comes down to Cliff's play calling um, and Murray just being able to do stuff there. But who knows what the future holds for that. It's hard to fire a guy after two years, especially when <laughs> just three years ago, you know, 2018 season, we were a three-win team with the number one overall pick. So hard to fire Cliff um, right now, but definitely needs to show some improvement this next season um, or his, his job. Definitely on the hot seat going into the season. That's what I say about that one. Um, so, yeah, the Rams and Bears end up making the playoffs in the NFC um, with Miami missing the playoffs in the AFC after their loss to the Bills. Um, and that leads us directly in. You know, it's officially playoff time. Playoffs are set. But Monday after Week 17, known in the NFL as Black Monday, we see three more coaches get added um, to the coaches fired this year, taking our total up to six on the season. You know, we saw Bill O'Brien uh, for the Texans, Dan Quinn for the Falcons, and Matt Patricia for the Lions all get fired um, midseason. Um, and, you know, Adam Gase gets fired for the Jets, Doug Marone for the Jaguars, um, and Anthony Lynn for the Chargers. You know, none of those surprising at all. Not really a huge shock for any um, coach firing. So it's going to be six openings this year. Um, obviously, um, Salah from uh, San Francisco is going to probably get some interviews. Being a me from Kansas City, probably going to be looking at some of those jobs. So be interesting to see how all of those guys end up landing um, come the um, 2021 offseason. Now, moving into college basketball, let's talk a little bit about some news that's going on um, in the world of college basketball. Officially today, it was announced that uh, Indiana will be the primary host, I guess only host primary, I don't know if that was the right word, but they'll be the host uh, of the March Madness bubble this season. Um, so it's going to be kind of interesting, you know, with all the teams, um, if they, like Indianapolis Convention Center there um, and the adjoining hotels and whatnot. Um, games will be end up playing. There's actually going to be two courts on at Lucas Oil Stadium, um, which I thought was kind of strange at first when I read that. I'm like, this is going to be very interesting to watch. It's going to be like an AAU tournament where you're hearing whistles going off on one court and then you hear it on the other one. Um, but it turns out that that's not exactly how it's going to be. The reason they're doing that is basically so as soon as one game ends, they can go ahead and start the other game on the other court. Um, so that's just back to back games, you know, nonstop basketball from Lucas Oil Stadium, which makes sense because normally you got like 30 minutes at least between um, the games when it comes to March Madness at the specific host sites. So that'll speed up games there. Um, and we're also going to see um, games being played at the Pacers Arena, Butler, uh, Hinkley Fieldhouse there. You, you, I, uh, you, <laughs> gosh, I can't say it. IUPUI, um, Indiana, in whatever, Indiana, Purdue University, and whatever the hell there it's called. That's a <laughs> Purdue, Indiana, um, and then so those all um, be hosts. And then Ball State is also uh, locked in as a backup location um, if need be. So March Madness is going to look a bit different this year, but definitely just good to be having it after last year. I, don't, I can't go another March without having another March Madness. Um, um, and while Hot to Best wasn't live <laughs> for, I guess, our last March Madness we had, you know, 2019 March Madness, um, it was definitely one of my best betting like three weeks there I've ever had end up like I think I'd lost two bets in all of March Madness end up winning like 16 or something with like eight in a row at one point so definitely fun betting there 
Um, now, a little bit of look at the AP poll. Well, I'm not a huge proponent for the AP poll. Uh, we do see Gonzaga stays in the number one spot. Um, and heading into conference play, Gonzaga, you know, something crazy would probably have to happen. Um, while it's not crazy for them to lose to St. Mary's or BYU or even like San Francisco Pepperdine, maybe, um, it does look like Gonzaga is probably going to be the undefeated team heading to the tournament, which probably isn't the best case scenario for them. Um, you know, we've seen, you know, UNLV in the 90s didn't work out for them, didn't work out for Wichita State. Um, Kentucky, I don't remember what they ended up finishing. Don't think they won it that year, though. Um, so definitely, <laughs> history shows that it's not great to go into the tournament undefeated. But who knows? We'll see. I don't see it. It's going to be going to be something crazy if Gonzaga does end up losing a game, maybe in the WCC championship like they did last year, something like that. Um, and Texas moves into the number four spot in the AP poll after their win over Kansas in Fog Allen. So good. Congrats to Texas there. Shaka, you know, from potentially looking like a hot seat um if they didn't make the tournament last year could have ended up getting fired and all the way up to four in the country so congrats to him one little other thing that i want to hit on um that I just thought was strange i don't really know how it affects betting um right now we're gonna have to wait and see but boston university is mandating that they wear masks during all of their games the players are going to be wearing them on the court um in any game and in all of their home games the opposing team will be wearing it um today they played holy cross and it was at holy cross so holy cross wasn't wearing masks but it'll be interesting to see how that affects play um it'll just be interesting to see i don't know what i don't know what's going to come of it have to wait and see exactly how spreads work out in that but um moving on let's take a little bit of a look at college basketball picks for this week starting off on tuesday um january 5th we start off with winthrop taking on charles southern now winthrop probably about a, a minus 14 and a half point favorite i say about because the um, line is actually not posted. They did play on Monday, so it's going to be a back-to-back. So that line probably won't be official until the morning. But uh, I would guess since the Monday line was 14.5 and, and they end up winning by 16 points, that is basically probably going to be the exact same line for tomorrow's game. So got Winthrop minus 14.5. But Winthrop comes into this game as the 78th ranked team, according to the Hot Tip Bet Rankings. 7-0 and on the season. Charleston Southern. 287 and 1 and 5 on the season. Winthrop has been playing very well, you know, shooting this ball um, from three extremely well, 38.3 or 38% from three, um, while Charleston Southern only 30.5% from three. And they've just also, Winthrop done a good job not turning the ball over, only turning it over on 19.5% of their possessions. Charleston Southern, on the hand, kind of struggled in that area, 29.7%. Um, Turnovers on 29.7% of their possessions. Uh, and Winthrop's just a better team on both sides of the ball. 80th in offensive efficiency, 134 defensive, compared to Charleston Southern's 331 offensive efficiency and 261 defensive efficiency. So I definitely like Winthrop in that game. Uh, moving on to the next one, though, we got Toledo minus one versus Kent State. Toledo comes into this game as 121st ranked team in the hot tip at rankings. Um, at eight and three on the season, Kent State 186 in the hot tip at rankings and three and two on the season. Uh, now, Toledo, we've been on them a few times this year. We were on them a few times last year and the year before that. But Toledo, they just look like a very good basketball team, shooting the ball very well 37.2% from three compared to Kent State's 35.2% from three. Um, and their offensive rebounding has just been amazing, grabbing the board off the offensive basket 32.3. You know, when you're getting compared to Kent State's 20.1. When you're getting offensive rebounds almost a third of the time, you get a lot of second chance opportunities, a lot of chance to um, kind of get the score up a little bit. So 66th offensive efficiency for Toledo and 119 defensive compared to Kent State's 143 offensive efficiency and 160 defense. So definitely like this Kent, or not Kent State, uh, the Toledo pick for that game. Toledo being probably one of my favorite plays of the day in that one. 
Um, now moving on to Wednesday, uh, January 6th, the first game we got on the card is St. Louis taking on LaSalle. St. Louis is nine point favorites according to Ken Palm in this game. Now St. Louis comes into this game at seven and one on the season. LaSalle five and five on the season. St. Louis has been one of the teams atop the uh um the A ten, you know, up there with Richmond and um Davidson and Dayton and whatnot. But St. Louis has been playing very well. Um forty one percent from three. 73.2 from the free throw line and a 56.8 effective field goal percentage, while LaSalle only 39.5 from three, which is not a bad three-point percentage by far, but compared to St. Louis, obviously a little worse there. Um, 67.2 or 60, gosh dang, I can't talk, 62.5 from the free throw line and a 53 effective field goal percentage. Um, but one thing about this St. Louis team, very good job pulling down the offensive board, 38.1% offensive rebounds. Um, compared to LaSalle's only 23.6 offensive rebounds. And St. Louis is just a great team on both sides of the ball. 34 offensive and 33 defensive proficiency compared to LaSalle's 181 offensive efficiency and 118 defensive efficiency. So definitely like St. Louis uh, minus net, or uh, St. Louis in that game. Um, yeah, definitely like St. Louis in that one. Uh, moving on, the next game we got, we got the Citadel taking on Mercer. Now the Citadel, well, they are 7-0 and on the season. Um, they haven't had a whole lot of uh competition per se i think they have had four non-d1 games um well mercer seven and three on the season so a little bit worse there um but in their i think three uh, d1 games for the citadel they have played decently well you know 36.7 from three um for 72.5 from the free throw line and an effective field goal percentage of 56.9 mercer on the other hand only 36.8 from three 66.7 from the free throw line and 54.3 effective field goal percentage um now it's the citadel's also done a great job of not turning the ball over only turning on 17 percent of their possessions mercer on the other hand 19.6 um and, you know it's the citadel just a big underdog in this one definitely like taking citadel the citadel plus the points in that game um, and the last play that we got on um, Wednesday's car, we got Utah State minus 13, according to New Mexico. That minus 13, obviously, the Ken Palm look ahead line. Um, Utah State is the it comes in this game as the 52nd ranked team in the hot tip at rankings and seven and three on the season. New Mexico two uh, 36 in the hot tip at rankings and three and four on the season. Utah State shooting the ball very well, 33.7 from three, 67.7 from the free throw line, and effective field goal percentage of 50.7. New Mexico, not good at all, you know, 28.2 from three, 41.1 from free throw line, and an effective field goal percentage of 41.4. Um, you know, with New Mexico just having a very weird, you know, season because they're not allowed to practice, you know, at home or whatever, you know, being in Arizona um, and whatnot, it's just this Utah State team definitely has a very big advantage in this one. And they're Utah State team been playing very well on both sides of the ball. 95 um, in offensive efficiency, 46 defensive efficiency compared to New Mexico's 221 offensive efficiency and 80 and 282 defensive efficiency. So definitely like UT, ah, <laughs> Utah State to cover the spread in that game. Now, moving on to Thursday, January 7th, the first game we got on the card we got Cincinnati taking on SMU. SMU six point favorites in this one, according to the Ken Palm look ahead line. SMU six and one on the season, um, the 46th ranked team in the hot to bet rankings. Cincinnati two and six on the season, the 73rd ranked team in the hot to bet rankings. 
Uh, now, Cincinnati's kind of struggled to shoot the three in, coming into this game, only making 26% of their threes. SMU on the other hand, 36.9% of theirs. Um, you know, we were on SMU the other day in Temple. Um, well, they ended up pushing with the line we got. They covered in a lot of them. So this SMU team has definitely been very good, um, especially when it comes to their uh, um, field goal um, shooting. You know, 53.8 effective field goal percentage compared to Cincinnati's 47.4 effective field goal percentage. And they've also just done a great job pulling down boards off the offensive glass, you know, 32.4 um, rebound, 32.4% of their offensive rebounds, um, Cincinnati 29.4%. Um, and just a very good team on offense, 40 if an offensive efficiency compared to Cincinnati's 102. So definitely like SMU to cover the spread in that one. Um, and the final game that we got on Thursday's card is UCLA taking on Arizona State. UCLA, slight favorites according to Ken Palm in this one. He's got them listed um, to win it, uh, minus one favorites or whatever. So definitely like UCLA, but UCLA comes into this game at 7-2 and two on the season. Arizona State 4-3 and three on the season. Um, UCLA, very good job playing ball on both sides of the um, both sides of the court, you know, 12th in offensive efficiency, and that's backed up by, you know, 35.3 from three and 71.8 from the free throw line and 33% grabbing boards off the offensive glass. Um, Arizona State, on the other hand, 46th in offensive efficiency, which isn't bad, but only shooting the three at 32.9%, which again, not terrible, but compared to UCLA, not quite as good. Um, and, you know, free throws only 69.3. But one thing that really sticks out about this Arizona State team is their offensive rebounding, only 18.8% um, grabbing those offensive rebounds. So definitely not very good for them. And UCLA, you know, 66 in defensive efficiency, Arizona State in 75th. So give the slight edge to UCLA in this one. Um, that's going to be the final pick for Thursday's card. Um, and, yeah, that about wraps it up for this episode of the Hot Tip Bets podcast. Um, since Christmas and New Year's and the holidays and whatever are finally over, um, we're back to the normal schedule. It's going to be posted on Tuesdays and Fridays um, through the end of the college basketball season, um, probably, except for, well, I guess <laughs> through the end of non-Earth conference play until we get to March Madness. This is definitely going to be the recording schedule. Once we get to March Madness, it might be a little bit different since, um, you know, games happen and whenever games are happening. But... <laughs> For now, Tuesdays and Fridays. Um, also, make sure you're checking out the Hot Tip Bets computer model picks on the website every day. Got horse racing picks up there. Um, NBA, it's doing. I don't. I haven't seen the uh, how great it's doing in the NBA, but got NBA picks up there. Got picks for um, college basketball. All the games every day. If it's missing a game, please let me know. Um, probably an error with you know team names not matching up on different services or whatever. So um, had a few of those, but the college basketball model has been doing very good on the website. So definitely take a look at that. And, you know, NFL picks, they'll have um, playoff picks here coming up and college football have a pick for the national championship. So definitely take a look at that. And if we get um, spring lines, as far as, you know, all the schools that are playing spring football, um, if they, if they release lines for those games, definitely be up on the website. So definitely, um, wait and take a look at that. But yeah, college basketball rankings dropping on the website every Monday. You know, NBA rankings up there too. So definitely um, check those out. And the results pages are all updated for 2021. So you can now look at, you know, 2020, 2021, 2019 for the, um, for my picks. Um, go back that far. The computer rent model wasn't um, up back then. But you can go back and look at all of that on the website. Um, yeah, that's about it for this podcast. Make sure you're following me on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure you follow the Hot Tip Bets account on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Um, subscribe on YouTube. You know, if there's any other social platform that you want me to be on, um, definitely drop it down below in the comments or on Twitter or wherever. Just let me know. Um, and yeah, um, that about wraps it up for this episode of the Hot Tip Bets podcast. And I will see you all on Friday.